0: Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more Shelf Stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome back to Shelf Stories. Jason here uh, with the latest installment of my ongoing vlog series that I call Digital Citizen, where I look at online conversations through the lens of being a psychotherapist and a student of human communication. And try to offer something constructive. So, um, last couple of days uh, here as I record this, the last weeks of June uh, 2022, uh, more kerfuffles, <laughs> more outbursts uh, in board gaming. Uh, minor ones, but you know, uh, every little bit counts. It's almost like, you know, death by a thousand cuts sometimes. Uh, and, you know, that the only way to heal this stuff is to go back and uh, see if there can be any healing that could come out of some of these conversations. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, two in particular that i'm reflecting on and i don't want to litigate any of these two they're actually really separate i want to um address what i think is a through line uh that occurs in these and other arguments which is the role of clickbait uh you know someone puts out a video the response is not great so is what role does clickbait uh play so but what i mean by clickbait and i'll say more about this later but for now um, clickbait being the, you know, a, an image or a title that is designed to grab us, uh, grab our attention. Uh, you know, it doesn't reason with us. It doesn't appeal to our higher nature. It more uh, goes for a passionate uh, response uh, or evokes our emotion in some way. That's kind of how I'm referring to it as uh, in this larger way. All right, so two different discussions. Uh, the first one was started uh, when Jesse from Quackalope uh, posted a video that he did with designer Travis Chance from Simon, uh, the top ten tips for designing great games. I mean, a very uh, benign subject, and you actually watch the video; it's pretty positive. Uh, but the original thumbnail for that video uh, was uh, "The world does not need your mediocre game," and that really set people off. And Jesse knew it. He he knew he stepped in it. Uh, and I'll talk about you know that whole process in a second, but you know as soon as he saw the feedback, you know took the thumbnail down, changed it, and now it's something a little bit more benign. Uh, but it stayed with people. We I mean, uh, on my timeline; people were talking about it all day, uh, multiple days even, because I think it got um, it really hit people. Uh, you know, if you're a designer. Yeah, it hits on that imposter syndrome, and you know people who are still struggling to get their game out, and they've been told by other people unkindly that their game is mediocre, even though it may not be. Uh, and there just was a lot of judgment there. Uh, and a lot of other people uh, speak on why they were upset uh, by the thumbnail, but that's kind of the tenor of it. So you know that that conversation just gets off on the wrong foot. Because of such a direct and targeted thumbnail. Speaking of direct and targeted, the second conversation uh, was uh, begun uh, when Michael King, the king of average, uh, posted a video about shipping costs. And he's done that a couple of times. Uh, You know, he's a commenter, talks about like, you know, Kickstarter and everything. So uh, the thumbnail for that one was, they're lying to you they being companies you know certain companies and he had mentioned a few by name in his original video um then there was a back and forth uh with James Hudson from Druid City Games that didn't go well uh so I, again I don't want to litigate the particulars of that in terms of like who's lying who's not what are the what's the actual shipping story uh, you know we'll leave that for other uh videos I have talked about shipping and I'm very curious about it uh but I wanted to kind of take a meta look at the role of the initial thumbnail noticing how uh you know that conversation went it's like a, it's almost like a gravity right it's like okay you know uh, Michael who's actually you know tries to be a nice guy about this stuff uh, explains it but then the gravity of the conversation shifts back towards well this was your original idea you think I'm lying you think I'm this you think I'm that it was a very aggressive opening and I guess that's the point you know uh, once again you know you come with an aggressive opening then you're spending most of the time you know kind of <laughs> drawn back you know um it's it's like they have this old um saw in politics if you're explaining you're losing and when you open up with a, a clickbait aggressive thumbnail like that then you just put people on the defensive uh, and it, the conversation just goes a completely different direction So, um, you know, and I want to talk about that in three different dimensions, how um, the the reality of why we do clickbait and, you know, why I think we could uh, try to make some different decisions there. All right. So the first aspect I'll talk about is the nature of the clickbait itself. I think when uh, folks think about clickbait sometimes, think about a uh, deceptive practice, you know, that it gives, uh, the clickbait uh, offers one thing, and you click it, and it goes to something totally different. I actually don't think that's much of a problem uh, in board gaming. It's more of kind of a larger you know, BuzzFeed type thing. Uh, in gaming, though, I think we do have a problem with the aggressive uh, aspect of it. Uh, and, you know, to be quite honest, a lot of it comes from a kind of, Dude culture, you know, dude upbringing. It's how we are socialized uh, to interact, to motivate, you know. uh, It's very competitive and challenging. Uh, So, you know, I see it in all sorts of areas. You know, I see it in sports. I've played sports my entire life, played, um, you know, men's sports. I'm wearing my Yankee shirt. Uh, I'm a Yankee fan uh, on purpose for this video. There was an incident earlier uh, in the year where the Yankees were playing Cleveland. Uh, and they won. <laughs> they won uh, a game on a walk-off hit. And the fans, or some fans, were throwing garbage at the Cleveland uh, players. And it's like, what's happening? You know, but you won. Why, why, are we, why, are we, why are these fans getting rowdy, throwing garbage? And, you know, so in the post-game uh, conference, the manager gets on. Our manager is named Aaron Boone. You know, he's talking about, well, we can't be throwing things, uh, but throws in the phrase, well, I love the intensity. Really? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's phrases like that to kind of cultivate this overly competitive paradigm, uh, you know, where we uh, interact with one another. Uh, so, you know, it goes to business. Uh, I've talked about this before in another episode with, uh, you know, we talked about kind of bossing, styles of bossing, you know, the, the Steve Jobs and uh, style of like, you know, just you know, embarrassing your um, clients, your employees uh, in order to get them to produce more uh and you know, goes right down the gaming it's up and down you know what or what is one of the first introductions that uh men like us or uh, males get to online gaming Fortnite. uh you know Fortnite is horrible it is a cesspool of you know people trying to punk each other out as a way of motivating and being competitive oh you're such a p-word uh you know you are a, you know, F word, the homophobic slur, you're the R word, the ableist slur, you're an N word, and, you know, just all that stuff is flying around all over the place. So in that context, that, that stew in which we've grown up, you know, titles like uh, the ones that I talked about are almost the nice version. <laughs> and, you know, and I think if we get too far into that end of things, we don't realize that what we're putting out there, we may think it sounds okay because of our context, but board gaming is a different context. It's always been more family oriented and it's uh, you know, becoming more diverse. We're trying to cultivate you know, more women and more people from marginalized backgrounds to have a say and feel at home. That's not the way uh, that people in other cultures and other mindsets talk. So why are we putting that on the screen? It's a, I just want, I want us to, um, you know, as men, especially, I want us to think about that. Hey, a uh, quick note here. As I edit the video, I just came back to my local pond, uh, and I'm putting it together, but there was one aspect that I wanted to talk about, but I missed it. So I'll just, uh, I'll squeeze it in here very quickly now. So, okay. So I can imagine someone responding to the, uh, that section and saying, okay, well, uh, sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes you have to be a little bit more direct in order to communicate the truth. And if you're you know, saying stuff in a nice way, then you're soft-pedaling things. You're not actually being truthful. Okay, um, I think that pendulum is really on the other side of things. I think there is a sense in which being honest and truthful involves the hard truths, and if you're not saying the hard truths, you're not willing to hurt somebody's feelings. Then you're not really telling the truth. I, I don't know about that. In a lot of ways, I reject it. Uh, and you know, to be honest with you, I do marriage therapy. I that I that a lot, where men are socialized to. Uh, you know, truth-telling, but in this hard, you know, it's like, okay, I have the truth, you can't argue with the truth, so I'm gonna shove it up your ass uh, type way. And that's a huge conversation, but I think it's worth having, I think it's worth bringing up in this context because, you know, I I firmly believe that a truth without love don't really uh, know what the value is there. So the second aspect that I will discuss is uh, you know, the usefulness of clickbait. Why do people do it uh, if it can cause so much, you know, anger and agitation and everything? It's really one reason. Is that it works? You know, uh, it is creators for various reasons. I know uh, Jesse is this is his his a bag uh, on his channel. Like he, he is this is how he supports himself. Uh, and you know, Michael wants to grow his audience and he has a Patreon and a lot of folks, uh, you know, are kind of looking at this. I've looked at this and on my channel, uh, you know, do what works clickbait works why does it work you think about it you know uh when i was born in the 70s you know 80s uh everything uh we didn't see as much advertising you know maybe it was something around uh you know 100 maybe 500 uh, advertising per day depending on how much you watch the television Uh, nowadays I think the estimates are somewhere around six to 10,000 discrete advertisements that we are exposed to on a daily basis. And we don't know because a lot of times we just filter it out. Our brains don't even register that we've seen it, but, you know, it's there. Uh, somewhere in our brains, we've made some kind of judgment, a split-second judgment of whether something is worth our time and attention to, to, to dive into. Uh, and so that kind of is my response to pushback that says, well, if you don't like the clip, mate, well, you just got to watch the whole video itself and make a judgment. It's like how am I supposed to choose which videos to watch thousands of advertisements and you know hundreds possibly thousands of YouTube videos that I'm exposed to on a daily basis depending on how, depending on how online I am how do I know what to look for and what not to look for I'm going to judge by the thumbnail the, the quick thing that I see and, that, and it's not just like me consciously doing it our brains do it it's it's a natural neurological function and you know it, the aggressive stuff, the the stuff that grabs at our passions, the stuff that is you know directly kind of like aimed uh, at provoking a response. That is unreasonably, unusually, annoyingly effective, no matter what we say, no matter what we do. And I'm linking a video right now that talks about that uh, from the Science Channel, very a Jesse actually showed me this video a couple months ago, so I thank him for it. And so the graph that i'm showing now is this kind of art of making the best thumbnail or making the best title You're, you you want to go for this kind of hot zone right in between you know people's general attention and what will make them really mad but, you know and in that hot zone is like curiosity Ooh, you know i want to click this and you know when you get closer to that hot zone it could be a little bit threatening You know, uh, it's like, uh, you know, click here to see if somebody did something wrong. Ooh, I want to click that. Uh, Or, you know, I I do this on my own channel. It's like, oh, he said racism. Oh, it must be a a spicy thing. So I'm going to click that. Or or whatever, you know, the kind of culture words that I use on my uh, thumbnails. Yeah, I do it too. And I've made the decision to, you know, where there is kind of a line. To try not to cross it sometimes, I cross the line too. And that's like, okay, I thought that sounded okay, but then I got feedback that I don't want. Let me adjust it. Let me change it and everything. You got to do it in order to get the attention. We don't do this for nothing. You know, we do, we make videos. Uh, you know, a large part of it is to get the attention and the clicks. So, uh, you know, putting that old context there, I want us to reflect on you know, why we're doing this. You know, I I said the clicks and attention were important, but are they the main thing? At some point, at some point, as effective as clickbait is, if we're getting the consistently uh, negative feedback, it's too aggressive, it's too this, it's too that, even if it hurts the numbers, to draw back a little bit, I think that we owe it to the community to do so. Uh, I think that we owe it, you know, if we want to be, uh, positive and constructive voices if we want to make commentary you know a lot of this is you know like like rodney smith doesn't have to worry about this because he just does you know of uh, game run throughs for the most part uh and you know a lot of content creators are just going to kind of focus on the games and that's fine but if we want to you know make these more editorial uh you know looks at gaming you know share our actual thoughts and think through things and open up discussions then it really matters how we open that discussion it, it, we can't sit here and say, oh, well, just look at the whole of my video and judge from there. It, you know, we don't get a second chance to make a first impression with a lot of people. This, this stuff is cliche, but it is completely true. So I, I once again invite people to think about whether the increased numbers and the increased raw quantitative engagement is worth the, the cost in further Internet arguments. So the third and final thing I'll discuss is the personal Aspect of it, and this is where internet conversations just go whoop, <laughs> just off the rails every single time. You know, at some point, uh, you know, someone's gonna take something personally or say something with a personal edge to it, and that becomes an ad hominem, you know, accusations of bad faith, you're a bad actor, you know, you're not just wrong, you're bad, uh, types of uh, scenario. And that's just so. I mean, here on Shelf Stories, I try as much as I can to talk about practices, not people, uh, and. In this particular case, I do have criticisms that I've articulated with the way that Jesse and Michael and a lot of other folks uh, engage with the issue of clickbaity, aggressive thumbnails. Those are, you know, right there. I'm not going to shy away from that. I'm also not going to shy away from the fact that, you know, I have open lines of communication with all these guys. Uh, So, you know, Jesse, I've been over his home. He was a very gracious host. And we did uh, content together, uh, the Masters of the Universe playthrough that's on his channel right now. And uh, with Michael, ever since the whole Frosthaven thing, you know, we've had each other's email. We've communicated every once in a while. So the, again, the lines are open. And my, I'm gonna land on a spot where it's like, you know, even if there is like repeat offenses, so to speak, even if it's these are persistent habits at this point, that's what happens, you know? I, I can see the incentives. I can see what they're trying to do. I don't think they're trying to cause trouble. I think they're trying to play the algorithm game and get attention. So I want to be able to create a space where we talk about that end of things without kind of landing on this point of like bad acting or whatever you know and people are free to disagree with that honestly like i'm not saying that oh you must think of this person or like i have a I, have, I admit that i have a higher tolerance for this stuff because that's my job i'm a psychotherapist i see everybody you know everybody who comes through my office you know whether you are a you know lefty or righty you know you voted blue you voted red you know whatever you think it's like i, I that's i'm trained to provide service so I, have, I, I admit that i have a higher tolerance for this stuff and if someone else is going to be like nope i'm not going to listen to that side. There's a lot of baggage. There's a lot of, you know, uh, the culture wars have had a lot of victims. So it's like, I don't necessarily blame people for having like a shutdown response. Where I will draw the line though is personal insults. Uh, And I will put my side on blast a little bit. I think we're too quick to say, well, that person is a whatever. Using insults and, you know, accusing somebody of being a racist or whatever it is. I, I think we... You know, on my side, we need to try to look at that a little bit. You know, maybe it's true, but I think it doesn't help us. And we don't need to. I think there's a big space if we work at it to criticize all the things we want to criticize and be, you know, steadfast in our values. Like, I'm not saying back down at all. It's just this tool that we, that we, is so easy to use of personal insults, you know, like, Try to, you know, as much as you can, take the high road. And if someone shows themselves to be a true you know, negative influence, bad actor, believe me, I, my block list is you know, as long as anybody else's. At this point, I get a lot of crap, right? Uh, but I still try to differentiate who are the true negative people who don't want diversity, who don't want to hear my voice, and who hate me, who judge me for who I am, Distinguish that from people who maybe just, you know, think differently or making what we perceive to be mistakes, etc. I'm not asking people to kind of wade into that like I do what I am. You know, but if you do want to say something, if you are going to be verbal, then please watch what is being said. And as much as possible, you know, stay away from the personal insults. I know. (laughs) Everybody's going to have a whole opinion on that, but that's kind of where I'm going to land uh, and again, this is, um, want to put it out there, uh, in a spirit of being as constructive as possible. I want to have dialogue about this, you know, where people's lines are, uh, what people want to tolerate, uh, you know, how to deal with these clickbaity things, how to deal with, you know, so that the discussion that happens, I want to have a conversation about all that stuff. All right. So I think that is all I have to contribute for today. Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of my digital citizen blog. If you can change your mind, it you change your world, people. So until next time.